Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Give and go. Back to Kessel on the near side. Coming to the Tampa line. Down the slot. Right side to the tag. Mid shot. He shoots and scores. And the Penguins build it to a 4 nothing lead. Chris Letang. Let's go. Let loose on a Harley. Mike Lang with a call on the Penguins Radio Network. I think that goal tied or surpassed. I think it tied Paul Coffey for the most goals by a defenseman in Penguins history. So that was the significance of the goal. They beat Tampa Bay last night 4-2. to two. I watched a pretty good chunk of that game last night. Uh, the Penguins did a lot of damage early. In the first 11 and a half minutes, they scored three goals. Kessel and Crosby scored 16 seconds apart. But they only had five shots in the first period. They scored on three. They didn't have a single shot the final 821. They didn't get another shot till midway through the second period. Tampa Bay dominated, quote, the play. But the Penguins dominated the scoreboard and won 4-2. It was a big win for the Pens last night. Big win. Let's see. Tomorrow, Jeff Byers is going to join us on the show. We'll talk to about Penn State wrestling and the Nittany Lions wrestling against Michigan uh, before uh, a large house, if not a sellout, tomorrow night at the uh, Jordan Center. Probably, it probably will be sold out. I mean, they haven't sold them all out at the Jordan Center. I think that's one of the myths they haven't. Uh, but I think uh, I think they've had six there. They've sold out four of the six. Uh, and so that will be coming up tomorrow. TK Troy sent us, I thought, a very interesting Facebook message yesterday, right? And it was dealt with uh, teams that are getting to this stage of the season and they're holding some of their big-name wrestlers out with the idea they're trying to save them for March, and he says it doesn't help the sport. And I think he makes a valid point. This is not the NBA where you hold out LeBron James for a couple of games. Now, James has been hurt, so that's why he's missed the last 18 with the Lakers. But And last year he played every game for the Cavaliers last year. But a couple of years ago, he missed a couple of games here and there because of the wear and tear. And let's face it, nobody has played more basketball on this planet in the last dozen years than LeBron James because he's been on the teams that have made the deepest playoff runs. He's been on the Olympic team. I mean, I don't think anybody's played more basketball than he has. I completely understand why he would want out. But TK's point I thought was interesting, Sean, in that he said, look, in this sport, 
you just you know people are going out probably maybe to see a specific bout because it's such an individual sport, and it might be somebody in that particular night the fans are denied seeing. Yeah, you mentioned the NBA a second ago. It's like you know Sixers fans they only get that. Or you know, we're fans up in Boston. They get that one shot a year if they want to see Golden State. Yeah, this is my lone chance to see Draymond Green or or Steph Curry or people out in L.A. Their only chance to see the Sixers when they were there earlier this week to catch Joel Embiid, a rising superstar in the league. That was a thing too with uh, with the Spurs. You know, Pop would rest players here and there when they were on that. You know, great run earlier, uh, but what close to a decade or so ago when you know Tim Duncan was still a player, right? There were well, certain times where uh, Pop got a lot of yeah. criticism for resting players. Well, Those times when you know you had great five star matchups if they'd be playing the Cavs or the Celtics or the Bulls. Well, they'd be also the only time they'd go into Miami, say, on a given year. Uh, and I've said for a long time, look, I have no problem with you doing it. Do it at home. You give your fans forty-one shots at seeing a year, they'll make it thirty-seven. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, hey, that's now back to the wrestling part. The NBA doesn't really. You, know, you can criticize them all they want, but they don't need to do it. I mean, they can, they can do it. They can get away with it. Can college wrestling? Can it? It's. An interesting dynamic. Remember, as healthy as Penn State wrestling is, healthy in terms of financial support, the number one in the Big Ten in financial support in wrestling, they are healthy in terms of an awesome coach and an awesome coaching staff. They are healthy and they have an awesome wrestling room with a lot of depth. And they are healthy in that they have an awesome fan base that turns out and gets excited about them and sells out wherever they go. Do not sit there and think that it's healthy everywhere else. It is not. Uh, you're not getting, you're not going to get, you know, Illinois is going to, I saw Illinois wrestle the other night. Who are they wrestling? Was it Michigan? It was on a, it was on a wrestling in 60 on Big Ten Network. It was uh, there's hardly anybody there. Yeah, last weekend Iowa and Northwestern uh, they wrestled on Sunday, and you, were, well, I know a lot of fans out there were hoping for a one versus two. Sebastian Riviera is ranked number one for Northwestern. Right. Spencer Lee at number two at their at their weight, and Tom Brands was interviewed afterwards. It didn't seem like he was hurt. Just wrestled a couple of days prior, so was asked what was in the plan. Well. Some were thinking maybe you know he was ducking the match, or is that just a smart part of the game plan to set them up for their best performance in March, as you you know just referenced a couple seconds ago. But right, and again, but yeah, we've talked the, about it before, and and is that, and Kale is, is a champion of growing the sport. But yeah, that's a situation where yeah, that's a no brainer. All right, let, let let's be okay. Can, can we be straight about something? Yeah. What's the potential? What's the potential of growing the sport? Right now, I think one of the most important things is maintaining it. Now, I know Fresno State, I believe, just added, which bucked a trend of elimination. But as time goes and budgets are tighter and tighter, again, let's let's do some base numbers so everyone understands. Uh, let's okay. There are sixty-five Power Five schools in the country. 
five Power Five conferences plus Notre Dame, 65 schools. Okay. Of the 65 schools, how many have wrestling? This is the 65 Powers Five, the biggest schools in the country. How many of the 65 have wrestling? 28. Okay. Now let's now the only conference that has better than 50% participation among its members is the Big 10 which has 100%. They are 14 for 14. So Penn State can't be in a better conference situation than being in the Big 10. So let's eliminate the Big 10 from the argument for a moment. So 14 from 65 leaves us with 51 Power 5 schools, correct? How many of those 51 have wrestling? 14. You're talking 27 to 28%. So where does grow the sport come into it? Where? I need to be honest with you, for every Power 5 school that has wrestling, you've got two or three Bloomsburgs, Edinburghs, Clarions, Cal Bakersfields that have it. So when you talk, it's a question to me, collegially, of maintaining that's what, to me, is a, it is a question of maintaining. See where I'm going with this? I mean, nationally, and I'll, I'll give you a couple other quick stats nationally. And none of this is, look, I'm trying to be realistic here. I'm trying to have a realistic conversation about this. I'm not doing a pie-in-the-sky thing. I'm trying to be realistic. Where is it right now? Yeah, again, you can't just look at the Penn State situation. Healthy budget. Awesome head coach. Awesome staff. Awesome deep wrestling room. Awesome, awesome fans. Okay? Yeah, we're pampered. We so, have a great okay. rest. We're, right. we're right here at the okay, okay. hotbed of wrestling here. Right. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And that's what it is. But just because it is here, uh, is it like that everywhere else? Oh, absolutely not. Not in SEC territory. Right. Yeah. Well, there's only one SEC school that does wrestling. Yeah. One. That's Missouri. <laughs> yeah. Missouri, which was in the Big 12, then they went to the SEC. They needed to find a home, so they're wrestling in the Mid-American Conference right now. Okay. Duke has it, North Carolina has it, NC State has it. Okay. Virginia, Virginia Tech, they have it. Okay. But that's, you know, Notre Dame doesn't have it, USC doesn't have it, Texas doesn't have it, UCLA doesn't have it, Arizona doesn't have it. Washington doesn't have it. I mean, you can go on and on with, you know, Miami doesn't have it. I mean, a lot of Power 5 schools don't have it. 
mean, you're not even in the power five level. You're not even at the half at the halfway mark. So, and and these power five schools are not going to add it. Why aren't? Because there's bigger elements to this than just okay. Let's add it. Well, I think if schools could just add it and not have as many ramifications, they'd add it in a heartbeat because it's a great sport. But they're not. But you know, let's grow the sport. No, this is maintaining the sport. Because adding the sport is pie in the sky, it's not going to happen. That's Why? the key. Yeah, yeah. If you, you want to, you want to start. A, point. Yeah, you want to start a program. Yeah, you may have a lot of interested student athletes jumping right in, but that's the key: maintaining it. How will that program be five, seven, nine years down the road, and we continue to have, you know, young men joining that sport on campus? Right. Right. Again, and then then there's Title Nine. If I add wrestling, I've got to add add an equivalent participation number on the on the female side. So I've added wrestling. So I've added a sport that's going to add more cost to my athletic department. I've added a sport that will not generate enough revenue to break even. So I'm automatically just by adding it, I've lost money. I mean, the best wrestling program in America by far that has the best fan support by far is closer to losing a million dollars than it is to being break even. I mean, that's when you've got the best of the best. You're still in the neighborhood of a million a year, a year. Was Penn State won seven national championships the last eight years? Something like that. Is that the number? And in that time, they've lost approximately seven to eight million dollars. So I'm talking about from a financial point of view. Do you want to add that to your athletic department? Now let's go to the next part. I then will have to add a female sport under Title IX to match the numbers. If I'm adding wrestling, I'm going to have to. I need some sort of of uh, scholarship balance here. I can guarantee you in no uncertain terms that sport will also lose money. See where I'm going with this? When you're trying to somehow balance your books, it's not as easy as, well, school should be adding it. Well, it's not easy because if you add it, you're going to lose money. All right? Now, money, should money be the determining factor for everything? But at some point, you've got to be smart about what you're doing, too. And then the next part, it's not just I have to add that. I have to add something else, and that's also going to lose money. Okay, Now by adding it, as great as it is for you, that may draw you know a fair amount of fans and so forth, get people excited and interested. I got that. I've got all that. The finances tell me I can't do it. So growing the sport, I don't think there's a, in a question collegially of growing the sport. I think it's doing everything you can to maintain the sport. I mean, when Cale went up to Boston University, he did that to show how popular it can be. He was trying to save wrestling at Boston University when he did that. He was trying to save it. And it didn't work, but you dropped it. He he gets it. He understands it. But in terms of growing the sport, uh, it's, it's awfully hard in the collegiate level to do that. And there's also, you know, next step is freestyle wrestling. Okay. I think the biggest element that helped wrestling more than anything was the fact they saved it in the Olympics. We have both Kale and Ken Shurto on talking about that when it came up a few years ago, when it was going to be dropped. I think saving it in the Olympics is probably the biggest move that has happened 
but you've got coaches all over the country that don't see the big picture the way Cale Sanderson does. You know, Iowa's not going to go up. They would never have gone up to wrestle at FBU. They wouldn't have done that. Right? Brands holds guys out. Well, you know, I mean, look, I don't want anybody wrestling that's that's hurt, and I don't want, especially, I don't want anybody who's wrestling who's injured. Okay, so believe me, there are absolutes that you look at, but you can tell just on what the comedy may be like. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, yeah, we just kind of thought, oh, that you know, again, you've got too many people in the sport that don't have the big picture outlook that Kale does. Sport needs more Kale Sanderson's, not just in terms of star power and so forth. He's the last person to think he's a star. He has no ego at all, right? But they see the whole thing, and you know you can even tell just by his own actions. We're gonna go a couple of years ago and go wrestle BU. He's trying to he's trying to maintain it, grow it. No, he's trying to maintain it. You know, it didn't work out. BU still felt that financially had to drop it, so they did. And believe me, if they start paying student-athletes, if that ever comes to the point where, through a court case, they eventually have to pay, they're going to be sports dropped and left and right. And Penn State won't drop wrestling, but as they pointed out, 50 other schools might, including the other 14 non-Big Ten Power 5 schools. They may look around and go, this isn't worth it. And again, because of Title IX, and men's sport is going to be more vulnerable to being cut than a woman's sport. That's not a criticism. Again, I'm trying to be straight and analytical with everybody about this. I'm trying to be realistic, looking at what the rules are, what the regulations are, and so forth, and what the money happens to be. Penn State's situation cannot be any better than it is. It is the most dominant sport and dynasty in collegiate sports right now. Can't be any better. Can't be better coached, can't be better run, can't be better wrestled, and it can't be better attended than at Penn State. Take some time and look at what other people are doing and see how they're doing. Yeah, Iowa wrestled, what, Oklahoma State in the stadium? What, drew 40,000 or some number? I mean, you know, next year they're going to go to uh, to uh, Minneapolis to the Dome, to USB, or was it U.S. Bank Stadium. They're going to get it. They're going to have a record crowd for wrestling in there. Now, nobody will be able to see, but, <laughs> you know, but it will be a record crowd. And they'll make a statement about it. But, again, those are one, those are weekend events. What's the sustainability long term? Because everybody's going to be facing more and more financial pressure. So it's not a question of growing. It's a question of maintaining, at least to me. Now, if you have a different opinion, you think the sport can be grown to bigger and better heights, tell me. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Any comments on that? Again, I mean, this is the best situation in the country. The fans are going to turn out in droves tomorrow with an excellent chance of selling it out again at the Jordan Center when they take on Michigan. 
But, you know, whenever I hear the words, you know, like, well, you know, we're trying to grow the sport. I'll be honest with you. Realistically, I don't see it. Because you already have a lot of Power 5 schools that don't have it. Believe me, Power 5 schools are where you would be able to grow the sport. Where Penn State University, look at Penn State. All right. With all due respect, Edinburgh doesn't grow the sport. They have it, which is really great. But if Edinburgh is the national champion, a lot of people in the country go, really? Now, where is that? When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. I think it's uh we're talking about growth potential in wrestling and I, I think uh, and it's actually it was off an, e- an email off Facebook that TK Troy sent us right and he said look the only way to grow is at the youth level except here's the problem my understanding is and maybe I'm wrong but my understanding is at the youth level it's not growing it's actually sliding back you know, not by leaps and bounds but like the numbers I mean you go to a high school JV um, dual meet before varsity meet. How many forfeits are there? Am I wrong here? No, there's quite a few do, quite a few dual meets here over the years. Yeah, you may get uh, sadly three, four, five forfeits, and what your dual meet could be, you know, over before what eight fifteen, eight thirty. Even varsity dual meets are having some forfeits. Yeah. So I mean, you. I mean, you have to have. Look, is the sport dying? No, it's not. No, 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 no. But I'm talking about when I hear the words "grow the sport." Hey, I hear that and say, "Okay, I'm I'm great with that. Whatever. I, I'd like to grow any sport. I hear, you know, I hear lacrosse is growing. That's great, because to me, sports." I mean, I love sports for so many reasons. But for whatever reason or reasons in this era, you know, it seems like there are fewer young fewer young people, for example, playing football. I think that's correct. 
I think that there are fewer young people playing baseball in this country. I think that's correct. Uh, I mean, it's happening in a lot of sports across the country. And it's happening in wrestling. The way it is. I mean, I'm not, you know, it's unfortunately, it seems like there's less participation. Now, maybe, at, you know, I'd have to ask Kenny Shurto about how, how Ken's doing with uh, um, how Ken's doing with his camp. Uh, I think his camp is very healthy. But, you know, I think the biggest thing collegiate wrestling can do is maintain. Let me give you some other numbers. I mean, this these are national numbers, and I don't want to get into the silliness of, and it is silliness, of... When it gets to the NCAA wrestling championships, they talk about, you know, we've got all these viewers and they're from online. Okay. That's nice. Except, say, for example, Sean and I want to see Bo Nickel. And we think we know about what time he's going to be wrestling. And we click on, oh, he's not, he's not, there ain't close yet. But click on again, no, he's not close. We click on eight times. And on the ninth time, we finally get the match. Okay, that now accounts for 18 clicks. Right? He didn't stay, you only didn't stay there for more than a second or two. Ah, he's not up there yet. Okay. I mean, that's the way it is. So that's why I don't get into that, the clicking nonsense. Because uh, that doesn't tell you, that really doesn't tell you anything. Uh, so let's just go by the base Nielsen numbers for viewership. The NCAA Wrestling Championship has done very well on ESPN. It has been a popular Saturday night event on ESPN. Popular. It usually draws between 550 and, you know, depending on the year, 550 to maybe 650, 700,000 viewers on that Saturday night. Okay. So I'm trying to give a broad range here, so I want to be fair here, so it's somewhere in that range. Usually it's in the 600,000s. Last March, on the same day, Penn State played, we're going to keep this in a Penn State realm, because, look, Penn State's the dominant team in wrestling. Penn State is the team everybody wants to watch because they're excited about how Penn State wrestles. But remember, too, Penn State's also the team that others in the, across the country want to see lose. So it, it gives you that New England Patriots dynamic. Okay, so let's be fair here. Again, you're trying to have a, you know, okay, you're trying to have, we're trying to have a realistic conversation here. Okay, as many of you are, you all watch because you want to see Penn State win. Take my word, some dude out there in Davenport, Iowa, wants to see you lose <laughs> and is watching to see you lose. Okay, the. Penn State played the, a second-round NIT game, not an NCAA game, a second-round NIT game with Notre Dame at noon the same day. That game had 4,000 more viewers than the NCAA wrestling finals. Now, 
you don't want to get into the what they drew Tuesday night after that with Marquette. There were 33% more viewers. It was up over 900,000 viewers for the Penn State Marquette NIT game. The semifinal game in Madison Square Garden when Mississippi State had more viewers than the NCAA Wrestling Championship, but, but the NIT Championship game with Utah had fewer viewers than the NCAA Wrestling Championship. So even on a national level, you have NIT games on a national level beating the NCAA Wrestling Championship in terms of viewers. I'm not going to get into the clicks and things like that. Hi, I click on. I want to, you know, you click on twenty times during the course of the day to check in on whatever. It doesn't. That doesn't register with me because I mean, you got to be sitting there watching the thing. And how many times did you click in out of those twenty? You watch three bouts. That counts for twenty. You know, seventeen should be eliminated, but you can't tell just by clicking on. So, growing the sport, Penn State does more to grow the sport than everybody else combined. Penn State gives the sport growth potential. Other people aren't helping. Brands out at Iowa, well, I'm going to hold them up. You aren't helping. I mean, I understand he's thinking about March. Uh, I understand that, but you're in a position in terms of trying to trying to ma- maintain the popularity of the sport. You had an added, added responsibility. If somebody's hurt, I don't want them wrestling. If somebody's injured, I absolutely don't want them wrestling. Okay? There's a bigger picture than just that. But if somebody's fine and they're able to wrestle and you're just holding them out, are you really helping your sport by doing that, big picture-wise? Look, it's not like Mike Krzyzewski holding out Zion Williamson. That's still Duke. Penn State had to play a couple games in his, in his freshman year without Saquon Barkley. It's still Penn State. Wrestling is, is such an individual sport in a team model that the individuals do matter. People are anxious to see the big matchups of the night. And if you're getting denied that, that's not helping the sport. Now, Kale doesn't do that. I don't think Michigan does that either. I think I think the guys you'll see wrestle are the guys. And it'll be an awesome crowd tomorrow night. It'll be an emotional crowd tomorrow night. It'll be a great atmosphere. I believe BTN is carrying it. The start time is really good. It's at 7 o'clock. When they wrestled Ohio State, was it two years ago? They put it on BTN. It was 6 o'clock on a Friday. And I remember a couple people complaining to me about it. I said, I feel your pain, man, but cry me a river. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> Do you like to live my life? <laughs> game time's at 11 o'clock Central Time. Nah, it's noon Eastern. It's you know, game kickoff will kick off at 3, 3.30. 4.15, 4.30, kickoffs at 6, kickoffs at 7.30, kickoff is at 8, kickoff is at 9. Let's see. Now let's go to basketball. Tip-off is at 11 o'clock Central Time, noon Eastern Time. Tip-off's at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 2.15. Tip-off will be at 3.30, 4 o'clock. Tip-off's at 4.30, 4.15. Tip-off will be at 6, 6.30, Tip-off's at 7. Tip-off will be at 8. Tip-off is at 8.30. Tip-off is at 9. <laughs> you know, football and basketball are TV shows. And I felt for the wrestling fans because they wanted to, to see the, you know, in the traffic jam. I remember going by the traffic that night. I was coming through State College on my way home in the line of traffic because of the start time made it really hard for fans to get there on time. But again, you know, if you're talking about we want to do everything we can to help the sport, and I hear everybody say, I want to, you know, they should be on TV. And then you put it on TV and you complain at what time they start. Well, football and basketball are on TV all the time, and their start times are all over the lot because they're TV shows. Well, sometimes you got to give a little, get a little. Well, this time it's going to be at 7 o'clock on Friday night, tomorrow night, and in terms of. The start time in terms, and the weather's even going to be, I mean, we're going to be above 10 degrees tomorrow. Uh, but the start time, I think, works out perfectly. It'll be on TV. That works out perfectly. So it's all going to fall into place tomorrow. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun for everybody. A lot of fun for everybody. It should be a great tool meet, and it should be a very entertaining one. The Kristaps uh, Porzingis has been traded by the Knicks to the Dallas Mavericks. Hmm. Well, that's a big acquisition. It's Kristaps uh, Porzingis, Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway Jr., to the Mavs in return for Wesley Matthews, Dennis Smith Jr., and DeAndre Jordan. See, you got to give Jordan credit. He can miss free throws as easily in New York as he can in Dallas. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Wrap it up on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you with us. Basketball tonight, the George Center, 17th ranked Purdue is in. They're 7th in the Ken Palm ratings. And they will play Penn State tonight at 7 o'clock. Airtime is set for 6.30. There's no uh, Shikalimi wrestling tonight because school was closed. Uh, They did play basketball last night. Big autograph night for the suit. It was. Yeah. Crushing loss, though, for the Braves. Uh, they were leading for a good 29, 30 minutes in that game last night. And uh, Central Mountain, two-point win in OT. 
So that was last night, and then tonight there's no wrestling because of the school closure. I mean, all the schools were closed everywhere. Penn State was, you know, except for essential personnel was closed today. That's one of the reasons why one of the standard items uh, when it comes to school closure at Penn State, if it happens to be on the day of a game, they always let the students in for free. They've always done that. So they're going to do that tonight. They're going to let the students in for free tonight. Well, hopefully by now they have some cabin fever and they'll get out and get that place rocking tonight for a great uh, great scene there for uh, Coaches versus Cancer Night. Well, you know, part of the proceeds will go to Coaches versus Cancer. And you will be wearing your sneakers, yes? Sure. Yes. Uh, <laughs> or something warm. Right. Um, no offense. You know, well, it's radio. Anybody... You can get away with anything. You know, right. no one's looking. So. <laughs> I've done that before. I've worn the sneakers before, things like that. But you know what? You can do all the symbolic stuff you want. <laughs> I do make a financial donation. I think that counts. <laughs> okay. No offense, but that's sort of what you want in the end. You can do all the symbolism you want. Uh, but in the end, do you do you back it up with something? And so, you know, I do back it up with some money. So we'll do that. I think they'll be they'll sit back and go, oh, Hey, you know what? I wore sneakers. Did you give us any money? No, I wore sneakers. Oh. Or I, sorry, I didn't wear sneakers, but I gave money. Hey, thanks. <laughs> That's what they want <laughs> in the end. And the fact is that when you give money with this, it's not one of those, oh, we throw in the research and you feel like you're paying the salaries of the chairman, the vice chairman, the treasurer, things like that. You feel like you're paying their salaries or your donation. That's not the case with this. Uh, the money goes stays here in our area and goes to help people. Hey, you need money to go to Hope Lodge? Well, and you let them know about it, they'll help you. You need money in paying an electric bill because you're down to it and you're spending money on treatment and transportation and things like that? You can petition them, they'll help you with it. That's what this goes to. Now see, now that's the kind of charity I like to donate to. That's why I always love Toys for Tots. Toys for Tots. You're buying toys. Sorry, they can't take them back for cash and then pay the treasurer. Uh, you know, you're giving toys to kids when you do it. That's why I love that. Everybody always feels better and they're far more generous when they feel like the money is going directly to somebody and there's some tangible result with it. Everybody. The Needy Family Fund, right? Needy Family Fund's a perfect example, right? You make a donation. What, we get over 100000 this year? We sure did. Hit the goal. And actually... Uh, yeah. Went way up and over uh, 110,000. There were still donations right. coming in uh, earlier this month. But that money goes directly to help people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's direct. Tried and true uh, charity been going on for over 30 years. Right. I mean that's that you know that's what the the part of the ticket proceeds tonight for the coaches versus cancer game. That's where it go. That's where it will go. That's great. Well, you know, what kind of crowd they get tonight? I don't know. It's a Thursday night. People were off work today. Uh, last I checked, it was a bit chilly. <laughs> uh, but they'll they'll let the students in for free tonight. Carson Edwards is a fabulous player. He hasn't played in the Jordan Center in two years. And he's averaging, he leads the conference and scoring better 24 a game. One thing about him, he goes to his left as well as his right. It makes him a really hard guard. He's also done a better job of being a distributor, as Nathan Baird talked about in the second half hour of our show today, of being a distributor 
he's tried to make get everybody else more involved, and since he started doing that, Purdue's become a better team. The Williams kid inside lost 40 pounds, moves a lot better. Harms comes off the bench. I am not a big Matt Harms guy. I understand his production. I've got that. But I don't really like the game he plays. I think, you know, he's one of those elbow-knee guys that's a little too um, flailing for my taste. Uh, I think he gets away with a few things. And what's interesting about him is I think he has some skill. Ryan Klein is a great shooter. They'll start the same lineup tonight. It'll be Wheeler, Dredd. And up front will be Reeves, Watkins, and Stevens. And Lamar is averaging almost 19 points a game this season. It's interesting. Dick Girardi and I have gone through trying to see what the common threads are in these close losses. And I think there'll, there'll be some people that make the assumptions. Yeah, it's always free throws. Right. Uh, in some games, that's true. But not every game. I mean, let's take Saturday. In the last four minutes of Saturday's game, what do you think Penn State was at the free throw line? Five of six. They didn't lose that game with the free throw line. They're five of six. Okay. Rebounding was an issue. I think the only common thread that we've found, and we've found that from like the twelve minute mark to about the seven minute mark in the first half, and sometimes in the second half, they go through these droughts. And you'll you'll start out great, you've got the lead, got the lead, you're playing well, playing well, drought. Now you slowly lose the lead, slowly lose the lead. And then suddenly you're playing from behind again. Then you get back on track. But you've squandered your collateral. And that's what they've done. They've had times where they've squandered collateral with droughts. And that that's what hurts. Then in the second half, you're trying to come back or you're trying to stay even with this team. You hit another drought. Then you try to fight back late. You make it a close game again. And to the credit, you know, sometimes the other guy does something right. Well, Anthony Cowan hits two big threes with under a minute to go. Rob Finnessy hits a big three with under a minute to go. Jordy Bohannon hits a big three with under a minute to go. Yeah, sometimes the other guy does something right, too. But you can lose games. Sometimes you can lose games because the other guy does something right. Sometimes you can lose games because of something you do wrong. And sometimes you can lose a game because of what happens in the first half. It is yeah, we're we're in a very simplistic world. Let's look at the end of the game. No, we try to look at the whole game. That's why I was, when I was talking about the Saints thing, you know, Sean Payton made a couple of bad calls in that game too. You know, your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.